This podcast is brought to you by the new hit series Veronica Mars, Season 2, now on DVD. Veronica is a smart and fearless 18-year-old private investigator apprentice dedicated to solving tough mysteries in the seaside town of Neptune. Discover Veronica Mars, Season 2, now on DVD. Welcome, welcome to another... Welcome to Pottercast, the official podcast of the Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. You hear that, Ern? The Leaky Cauldron. And now, Leaky's own, Melissa and Ellie. Welcome to Pottercast 52, guys. Yay! 52. As as you know from that fine intro, I'm Melissa and I'm here with John and we have a fabulous 52nd show. 52 being a special week, meaning that we've been going for a year Oh my god. Oh my god, a whole year. So, to celebrate this week, we have part two of our three-week extravaganza with Matt Lewis, the actor who plays Neville Longbottom in the Harry Potter films. We have a very special canning conundrums. Aunt Petunia is up for discussion. All about Aunt Petunia. Blame it on Joe. She brought it up at the Radio City Music Hall reading, so naturally, we had to pick it apart. And we have one of our our mailbags, which we, we think is... Quite great good. It's a, it's, it's a fabulous mailbag. And that's it's it. always great. That's it this week because all the segments are nice and fat. So we had to yeah. leave it there for now. Big fatties. Big fatties. They had they had too many Chipotles. Ha ha. I know. That, they did not listen to Melissa's other podcast. That may be the first time I made a Chipotle joke <laughs> before <laughs> hey, you. Stick with your own material. Okay. Well, Sue's not not quite with us right now. She's in, a, she's in the other Pottercast studio. Yes, she is. The other one where they have tea and crumpets. The new center. The new center of Michigan. Anyway, we're going to go over to her and we'll be back. She'll join us for the interview. Listening to the news? Again? As if a normal boy cares what's on the news. Hello, everyone. Here are the latest Harry Potter news headlines for you. The first photo of actress Natalia Tenna as Tonks has now surfaced online. A photograph taken of the actress standing among the crew, waiting to film scenes for the new Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix movie, shows the R sporting purple hair and an all-black costume. You can find the picture of this via links on our website. Actress Julie Walters is given a new interview where she discusses her role as Molly Weasley in the Harry Potter movies. Julie describes her reaction of relief as she had been afraid that Molly had been written off in Half-Blood Prince, only to find out that she had not been. She also describes working on the new movie Driving Lessons, which co-stars Rupert Grint, who of course plays her son Ron Weasley in the Potter movies. Both actors are due to attend the screening of Driving Lessons at the Edinburgh Film Festival next week. Speaking of Scotland, author J.K. Rowling is now home from her trip here in the States and attended the screening of the movie Snowcake at the Edinburgh Film Festival. And you can see new photos of the author at this event. Snowcake stars Alan Rickman, best known to Potter fans as Professor Severus Snape, of course, and Mr. Rickman also attended this screening as well. Finally, on the subject of Alan Rickman, you can see a new poster he's made for the American Library Association to help promote literacy and reading. This poster shows the actor holding the book Catcher in the Rye, and you can see this in our galleries. Well, there's a busy show ahead, so let's get right to it. For all things Harry Potter, be sure to click on LeakyNews.com, which is updated daily. And now, on with the show. Thank you, Sue. See you when Matt gets here. Yeah, Sue. She only wants to be here when Matt gets here. I I don't know. I know. I like Sue. I get she's she's tired of the news. Tired of... Anyway, we have some good news this week. 
Oh, and we, we wanted to talk about this last week, but the show was ready to go up right after we found out about it. Pottercast has been awarded the Best Entertainment Podcast at the 2006 Podcast Awards. <laughs> Thanks to you guys, because it's a People's Choice Award. Yes, thank you for the votes. Thank so. you for getting on there and telling us that you like the show. It means a bunch. It's awesome. That's really, I mean, nothing better than being recognized by you guys. We have to to thank all the important, important, important people who work around here every week that we that really don't ever ever get enough recognition. So, you know, if this is not your thing, just 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 hang out a few seconds. Yes, just relax. We'll get. To I'll, I'll, hum, I'll hum a little too and Okay, okay, you hum. Okay. To Mike Neighbors, Steed, is it Bonet or Bonnet? His name is spelled like Bonnet. It might be Bonet. Stephen Gancy, Dewey Rain. And Jeff Gregory. These people who are our editors and make sure we don't sound like morons every week to the best of their ability anyway. Who make it possible. Anyway, they're awesome. The transcription elves, I cannot name you all because there are so many of you who put every single word of this online so that people who are deaf can also enjoy podcasts. We think they're they're awesome. Everybody who's been on here every week. I mean, there's so there's the podcast, there's like a team of fifty people working on podcasts. I don't even know these people anymore. And I'm gonna stop talking about it now because John's song is really annoying me. So thank you, people. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And of course, of Yay. course, we can't forget. How can we forget when talking about these awards? The the fine people over at MuggleCast. Oh, MuggleCast. They gave us a few of the votes, They I did, suppose, they did. We can only hope that the massive podcast audience helped them ensure victory in their people's choice category. I am well. sure when we hit California that those boys will be coming away with, <sighs> with their big people's choice. I'm sure they of sure it. Will. They're going to be the new Leo Laporte, so we're going to call them twits forever. Yes, yes. Everybody will all be in California and need to come out and party with us at are we doing a leaky mug? I've, I've heard rumors on the internet. Oh my gosh, the internet is a crazy big place, but it's quite possible we could be getting together doing the leaky mug. And it thing. might be in a in a place that you don't that you didn't quite expect. I'll just say exactly. that exactly a brewery. A brewery? No. What? That's where we're going afterwards. Oh, after party. Shh. Don't after tell. The party is the hotel lobby. You're, you're all invited. Of course you to are. the brewery if you're over twenty one. Every last one of you, which will be considerably more podcast listeners than Muggle. Yeah, it will. But anyway, yes. Oh, you knew that was coming. Yeah, I know. Come on, don't make fun of them. It's because it <laughs> I is love them. Widely because of them that we both you know are going to walk away with these awards. Are my BFFs now? So many. BFFs. So many. They are all my BFFs. Seriously, in case you're not familiar with how this worked. Podcast and Mugglecast stood a real chance of splitting each other's votes in these podcast awards yes. and yes. Ma- and and not having any Harry Potter podcast recognized, which we didn't think was cool. Which would have been what a suck. We were in the same two categories, so we decided mm-hmm. to unite and pick an award each, and that we mm-hmm. picked them for People's Choice and us for Entertainment, and we asked people you guys to vote accordingly. Yep. Apparently, it worked for Pottercast. They won't find out about People's of Choice until September, but I'm sh- I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure. Of course. Who's more sure than us? Yeah, I, no, two of us. Two of us, <laughs> exactly. And here we are. Four of us, maybe. So, yeah. So that, that's all great. That's great news. Let's move on to the real Harry Potter news. But, yeah, I mean, enough about us. Let's talk about the boy or the glasses. The boy and the glasses? Well, how yeah. about first we talk about J.K. Rowling? Oh, who cares about her? J.K. Rowling is on yet another Forbes... It's rolling like bowling. Rolling like bowling. I did say rolling, say didn't right. I? You just said rolling. I did not. You liar. I'm I'm calling. Let's go to videotape, audio tape. <laughs> Let's play it back. Let's play it back. I'm on a replay right here. It'll be so funny. 
Well, how no. about first we talk about J.K. Rowling? Oh, what's about her? J.K. Rowling is on yet another four. Rolling like bowling. So no, she's on yet another Forbes list. I mean, I think Forbes just puts oh out a list gosh. every month so that the J.K. Rowling fan sites will post about oh. it and they get a lot of links. I mean, this is just this ridiculous. Forbes has no readership otherwise. Come on. They, no one cares about uh, yeah, Forbes. Exactly. No, but they, they put her on so... How many other ways can they come up with to say, hey, by the way, guys, J.K. Rowling, yeah. really rich. She does really well for herself. She She's does a okay. successful lady. She's got dinosaurs named after her. And, and asteroids. Pasta dishes. And pasta dishes. I know. Well, she, All over the world, restaurants are now serving spaghetti. Well, this list is now that she is a top celebrity earner, ninth on the list of top celebrity earners. She earns about 77 pounds a minute. A minute. So she could just be sitting around watching television. Oh, 77 pounds. A whole lot of pounds. It's a whole lot of pounds. How do you carry you that around? the skills on that one. She also was at the Snow Cake premiere of Alan Rickman's film. Well, what in the world is a snow cake? I, you know, I really don't know. I'm a terrible newsstress right now, but I... I like snow cones. No, the, it's it's his movie. It's supposed to be very good. Alan Rickman? Alan Rickman. But the, the significant thing about this is that there were a lot of rumors that J.K. Rowling would be spending the remainder of the summer in the Hamptons. Ooh, and, and they were all false. By showing up in Scotland, I think we've pretty much confirmed that unless she can operate, she's not in the Hamptons. Are you kidding me? She's got this... She's got one of the last surviving Concorde jets that she's converted to her own little traveling abode. No, we'd know if she, she had a jet. all over the place. Are you kidding me? We'd know. They, they, painted, it, they painted it a big Nimbus 7000 Well, on they the used that it. new technology and they made it invisible. Yes. She's got a stealth bomber. Yeah. J.K. Rowling's... Hopefully the booster doesn't get faulty. Oh, stop. So, oh. it's also in Alan Rickman news, he was in a recent ad for the American Library Association's Read Campaign... Making books much more attractive than they'd ever been. Oh, he's an old Sorry, man. John. He's Alan Rickman. I don't he's care how guy. I don't care how old he is. He's Alan Rickman. That's like you guys worshiping like my grandpa. Um, excuse me. He's probably <laughs> roughly the same age as Miss J.K. Rowling. There might be like ten years of difference. Alan Rickman? There. Maybe like ten or fifteen years of difference. I don't know. How Alan old is Rickman. Alan Rickman? Let's find out. He's seventy something years old. He's not seventy something years old. Stop that junk. He's fifty and Joe's forty one. So it's only nine years of oh. difference. Really? So it was beautiful. Well, Alan Rickman is pretty damn good looking himself. Oh well, okay, I suppose. Okay. Does he does he have a, a pasta dish named after him? I think. Not. I think I will call Rickman Rigatoni. Rigatoni. Rickman Rigatoni. Rigatoni. Oh. Rigatoni. There now he has a pasta dish named after you him. You got me there. So you always have the one on me. Yes. You asked if he had a pasta dish named after him, so I decided to name a pasta dish. And as a bona fide Italian, I can do that. So Okay, I suppose. Riccatoni it is. Riccatoni. I'm I think now. that's about all <laughs> all that's happening in the mail this in the news and the whatever. That, that was week. really all that's happening. That's pathetic. It's really has been a very, very slow news week, which is why we spend uh, five minutes sense. talking about the let podcast me, awards. Let me pull up a, a news site here. A news like, site. Have a like the news site. Well, the most trusted name in Potter I'll pull up here. Oh, I heard that's leaky. Oh, I heard yes. we got that title from the official Bureau of Titles. Really? Yeah. What's this nonsense oh. I hear about the the Australian release date well, possibly being moved up to July? As of this, we're not. Con- it's not confirmed. That there's only been some rumors from the distributor of the yeah. Harry Potter films that the September 6th release date for, for Australia, which has Australians just livid, that they have to wait. Oh, they're so, they're so mad. So it's like two months... 
So we hear that the that the distributor has changed it, which would ma- it would make sense if if they've decided to change it because seriously, come on. So hopefully they have, but we haven't really heard it from Warner Brothers yet, and we really only trust it something like that when we hear it from Warner Brothers, which is why you haven't seen it oh, on Pottercast. Miso Orna. Yet. Nobody knows what that means, John. <laughs> Some people do. Orna know. is the name of a woman at Warner Brothers. <laughs> Don't explain very nice. it. No, I am explaining it. People then yell that we do that we do private jokes. You say things that nobody understands. <laughs> you explaining it doesn't make it funny for them. I, it won't make it funny for them if they don't know what you're talking about. All right, continue proceed. Okay, but no, we don't. We don't. We don't know. We. I, I hate saying that, but we don't know right now. We'll, as soon as we get confirmation, know. we'll we'll post no about it. No one tells it. me anything. No, we don't. Terrible. Hmm. Well, I think it's time to go to the interview with Matt Lewis. What do you think? I think everybody, that's probably probably why they downloaded the show. I think it probably is. Okay. All right. On to, on to Big Matt here. Big Matt. He's got all sorts of anecdotes and stories and things. Yeah. He's got his feet up in the green room. He's just waiting. Yes. Actually, I see, so which, which I see him and is, Sue coming down the hall. They're just, they're just, they're just chatting. Really, they're coming? Chatting away. Hey, it's Sue and Matt. They're uh, awesome. They're, they need to like shut up and get in here. We have to start, guys. Come on. They're getting awfully friendly. I know. Well, let's cue the cue the cute little closing music and get this segment going. Time to put on our extendable ears. Listen in on Potter Talk from the people making the magic. I have to. I. I promised everyone that I would ask this, and so please forgive me. Um, but everyone, ever since we got, we did get to see the clip of you in the um, at the Queen's play, the the little skit thing. And this is just we were talking about differences with like a new director and a oh, no, new screenwriter. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to be the one to ask. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Neville was sporting a new hairstyle and a new look. Do you have <laughs> any input into that, or I mean, how? <laughs> I'm sorry. I was told just to ask about your hair. I'm sorry. It's the dreaded hair question. <laughs> well, I think um, I think I probably would have been allowed uh, uh, yeah. input, but it was, it was a new um, a new hairdresser okay. uh, who'd come in to do the hair that uh, was new for this year, mm-hmm. and um, and he sort of had a, a definite idea of what he was going to do. So I thought, you know, let's see what he yeah. does. You know, let's just see it. And um, and he cut it. <laughs> and at first, I was. Horrified, because yeah. <laughs> um, not only had my lovely, lovely long hair gone, but yeah. um, it was just horrible. I mean, yeah. it's the worst hair. It's the worst thing <laughs> he could possibly have done without giving me yeah. a mullet. Uh-huh. And um, how's that? And I was, I was just shocked. But eventually, I got over it. And um, and I went out to see David and uh, uh, David and David, David Herman and David yeah. Yates and uh, David Barron. Right. Three Daves. So yeah. So they could sort of look it over and. And they just sort of, they were all smiling and nodding and saying how perfect it was. And I was just like, you know, I hate to admit it because I'm going to have to have this hair for nine months or whatever, but oh, you're keeping it is that perfect hair. for the character. So that yeah, will be the hair. There you go. That's the, that's that the answer the to the question. There we go. Been wanting to know. <laughs> that's the hair. That's, that's the hair. Oh, that's the hair. It is I don't very know, I don't Neville, know if you agree. I, I think that um, it, goes, it suits the character yeah. really well. And it really does. It pains me to say it, but I think, yeah, it, it does suit him well. It's sort of like his grandmother's been doing his hair for all these years and he's just starting to try it on his own. And that's what he yeah, comes exactly. up with. That's, yeah, exactly. That was the idea. You know, he's, he's trying to be smart and, and, and a, bit, a bit cool, but it's just come out like a greasy kind of mess. Oh, no. You know, it's just, t- it's, it's too straight. It's too nice. It's just, it's I, can, I can totally see cool. it as soon as the shooting's done, just 
ruffling it up real quick before you go out and do anything else. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. Soon as soon as the the you hear that that's a wrap, I just my hands straight into my head and mess it all up. Yeah, You're and gonna be... as, soon, as soon as we're done filming, I'm gonna go for a jarhead yeah. haircut. I'm just gonna shave it off. Gonna... <laughs> going all jarhead on us. Awesome. Yeah, we want a picture. <laughs> What is, I mean, going out when I come home at the weekends, it's still the same length. I might not have to have it in that particular yeah. style. But if you try cutting your hair like that and see what you can I do, bet. there's nothing. <laughs> I bet. There's nothing you can do. It's I bet terrible. you're a big fan of hats these days. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. You should see my hat collection since uh, I've had my hair cut. It's tripled Aww. in size. Everybody send Matthew some hats. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Send me your hats and I guarantee that's, that's, I'll wear them. That's, Matt, that's going to happen. Yeah, well. You're going to get a lot of hats. You're going to get a lot of hats at Leavesden, I'm telling you. We'll put the address in the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> but just to, just to say, just to say, I, I mean, as much as I, um, as much as I, I despise the hair, he's done, the, Colin the hairdresser has done an incredible job getting it to, to fit the character. And it really does. He's really honestly thought about it. And it, Colin, if you, if you hear this, it's honestly not your hairdressing that yeah. I have a problem with. So it's once you the, have... You know, yes. it's, it's just yeah. not me. Yeah. I love to see a little a little uh, scene walking into the the, the uh, boys' room oh. and you see Neville combing his hair while the other Trying actions going right. on in the scene. That'd be a hilarious throwaway scene. But <laughs> I don't know if we'll get that though. That'd be a hilarious suggestion. Well, when when something like that happens, when you have a hair change or a costume change or or you know everything sort of becomes more Nevilleish as you go on. How does that affect your performance? I mean, when you practice, you rehearse, you think about Neville. How is it different when you're, you're on set, when you're in costume? When, for example, we come into the studio and uh, we're going to line up in our own clothes before we even have breakfast or something, we're going straight down to line up the shot. I tend to just, uh, just say it, really. I don't put a whole deal of effort in. Um, I just sort of say it and I say it as me, you know what I mean? But then as soon as I change and, um, and and get the hair and the fat suit on and and those horrible clothes, it's just so so much easier to get into the character. It's just like you're Neville, you know, you, there's no getting away from it. Every mirror you look in, you, you're Neville. And it's, it's just, the costume, hair, makeup, everyone is just so perfect to get in the characters, who they are in the books. Um, it makes my job a lot easier because I can totally see myself as being that that character uh, did i did i hear you say fat suit yeah <laughs> does that does yes, that mean something else in no <laughs> over there than it does over here or does they actually happen yeah. you wear a fat uh, suit i don't think so it's just a suit that simulates fat <laughs> well, <laughs> it's not darn. extreme though you don't look chubby in the movies it's just like a it's just like a little extra something it sort of fluctuates i mean they, I, they, <laughs> they, they swear to me it's the same one but it gets bigger and smaller of course that's Neville the, doing ma- the, the magic diet. of movie making yeah. Well, you're going to have people online saying, in this scene, Neville looked like he weighed this much, but in this scene, you're going to be nitpicking. Oh, please, please don't do that. <laughs> there you go. A request from Matt. Yeah, please just leave it alone. Yeah. It's not his fault. Don't go I was just going to ask, are you having fun, though, with this shoot at all? I mean, I know the script at the end is very serious, but are you having fun so far? Are you, you just enjoying it? <laughs> yeah, it's like... I- I'm just here mourning about the hair, the clothes, yeah. the fat suit, and everything about it's so yeah. horrible. Yeah. But no, no, I I actually really, really enjoy it. No, I um, I do love it a lot. I mean, everyone there is just so much fun. I don't know how we get any work done. We mess around so yeah. much. And the laughter that goes on on the set. I don't know how we get any films out at all. But yeah, we, it's just a, it's a lot of fun, and um, I'm not not enjoying it yet. I, no, wait a minute. I'm not. 
Yeah, I was right. I was right first time. I'm yes, not, yeah. not enjoying it yet. Oh, <laughs> good. I remember, speaking of fooling around, I remember when we asked you guys to do, you and Devin and Jamie to do, um, just to say, give, give a galleon. Just to oh, say right. it once. <laughs> do you remember this? <laughs> you know, that was, you know, forget, forget the... Uh, <laughs> oh my god, I've killed Harry Potter. Oh, forget yeah. forget the emotional scene he's done this. That was the hardest thing I've ever had to do. But just to reference what if people don't know, for our second Get a Clue drive, our charity drive that we do on Leaky, we asked Matt and Devin and Jamie to say, it was our tagline, give a galleon. And their their parents videotaped them doing this, and it took like 35 shots. And instead of just putting the one video up, we made like a, like a montage video that is still available on Leaky. So now you appreciate how I'm confused as to how we get any work done. I mean, that's, that's, that's what it's like on the set. We just... That was... Oh, I, I imagine it's got to be so much different now that you guys are so older. I mean, you, you said how, you know, A, the, the scripts look like they're a little more complicated, probably mostly because they know you guys can handle it now. You guys have had so much more experience with it and things. And then, and then you also say how everybody's getting along better, everybody's older, and, you know, I w- when I was, you know, 11, 12 and all that for these first few movies, you know, I didn't go out really with friends after things. I wasn't quite the age yet, but now you're kind of the age where you're going to go out and hang out. So I, I imagine it's probably a lot more fun this, this time around. Exactly, yeah. No, totally. You're absolutely right. I mean... That spending time with each other outside of the filming just uh, just gives you more things to laugh about, which I'm sure the crew are happy yeah. about. But yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's funny. Well, do they do they let you out? And, you know, uh, when, when you're not shooting, or do they keep a pretty tight leash on you guys? Or is there much to do uh, around uh, around uh, Leafston and all that, like for fun? Actually, there's not a great deal of things to do, to be honest. Um, I mean, my hotel is actually um, in St Albans because uh, I live in Leeds, so I stay in a hotel. Mm-hmm. And most people go back to um, to their homes in London, but uh, Rupert doesn't live too far from um, from my hotel. And uh, James and Oliver Phelps play the Weezer Twins, also stay in my hotel. So I went to the cinema with Ollie and um, and Rupert a couple of months ago. That's cool. Which is cool. And um, yeah, we just we just sometimes we just go out and do something like go see a band cool. or something. How does that work when you take you know three redheads, two of them twins, and yourself out to the cinema and not get mobbed? By everybody who's ever seen a Harry Potter movie before. Yeah, you know, I can get away with it. But I sort of just stand about two two yards away from uh, <laughs> from those three. But well, I imagine they're doomed. But they're doomed, though. You can't. That, that one trip. You can't look th- like that. That one trip was strange. I mean, you saw people. I mean, you could always you could always see like people looking at those three because they are like uh, they're like beacons <laughs> drawing attention. Yeah. They have no uh, chance. They couldn't stand out anymore, being identical twins and ginger hair, and and then with Rupert as well, it just topped it yeah. off. But but no, that that trip was all right actually. There was, I don't think we got stopped by a single oh my person. Gosh. We need to send more fans out. Yeah, even at a cinema area. as well. It's embarrassing. How do you not notice those four? Oh, awesome. That's. <laughs> you had to send those kids hats. That'd be the only way you could. It was a very relaxing trip to the cinema. So what, was, what, was what'd nice. you see? What'd you watch? Uh, we went to go see Mission Impossible Three. Oh, that was cool. Which um, which actually, although it got absolutely slating from. Uh, a lot of people. I thought it was all right. Yeah, I mean, I it wasn't. It. it wasn't particularly great. It wasn't a great film. You know, it wasn't Mission Impossible one or two, mm-hmm. but it was. It was good. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was worth worth going. You, you know what? What's so cool about you, Matt? I like that you go out and you do these things awesome. with both at the premieres, and you go to events, and you you, you have such great patience, and, and you go out and you talk to the fans that show up for these things. So, I mean, you're saying you really didn't get recognized, but I, that's one thing I've noticed about you and and some of the other. It's just you, all the time you spend with the, the the people that come up to you. It's just phenomenal. 
that, do you, you, you really enjoy that. You actually genuinely seem to enjoy meeting people like that. Absolutely. You know, it's just, um, well, for a start, you know, there's all these people turn out to see you. It's, it's just like the greatest thing ever. Imagine the greatest thing or the, the greatest thing you can think of. And then it's just times it by 10 because these people have come enormous. I mean, some people at the New York Premier were coming from Texas mm-hmm. or whatever, and they were driving mm-hmm. all night and all day to get to work to New York. Just to see you, yeah, you know, not not even to see your film, just to see you walk, get out of a car, and walk into the building, and it's just, wow, you know, I mean, that's that's dedication, and oh. and really, you know, I've always had this kind of philosophy that you might be getting paid by a by a film company, and and it might be all about box office and things, but really, end of the day. No film is anything without its fans. You I mean you, you take the big actors out and you, you you take out the special effects? It's still a film, as long as it's got fans. And um, t- to not then spend time with these people who do make mm-hmm. you famous, uh, who do at the end of the day pay your wages, that's just spitting in their faces almost. Like saying, "Yeah, I'm going to make this film, and you're going to go to cinema and see it, and 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 you're going to pay me for it, and and you're going to give me all this fame by by going to see the film, but." I don't care. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna come speak to you or anything like that because they make you. If they if they don't want to see you, if they don't like you, they don't. Yeah. They can just suddenly change like that, and you aren't famous anymore. Sure. But um. But the people are just so interesting to meet all these people that have come this way and all have incredible stories, and I yeah. just love doing it. It's just so cool. <laughs> it makes me feel wanted yeah. as well at the end of the yeah. day, which is nice. Oh, I hope you're prepared because yeah. it, from the, the looks of it, it lo- it looks like you're about to get. <laughs> Um, up up to the level of attention that the trio have been getting yes. this whole time. You're going to be right, right in the oh. thick of it now. Well, I look Good. forward to it. Yeah. Well, Come over and say hi. That's awesome. Well, hopefully you're not going to you know, be too famous to talk to us once this movie comes out. When you're, when you're yeah, well, if I do... If I do, you have permission to come over, play this to me, and then hit me with the tape recorder. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll take we'll take your hat off Excellent. and swag you with it. Yeah, yeah, and then and then I'll have the embarrassment of showing yeah. my hair off and <laughs> also being hit with a hat. And we're gonna put it yeah. on the main page. <laughs> yeah, all right. Uh. It's a deal. It's a deal. Last time we spoke, you gave us a little practice of how you were gonna do the broken nose scenes and once we we were talking about how like hard that was going to do and how they're going to do it and it came to me like an hour after that they would just they could just like stick something in your nose you know to block off your nose while you're filming so has there been any discussion about how you're going to do your your broken nose bits uh not yet no um i'm still kind of in the dark about that one um i don't know what they're gonna do uh have to improvise i suppose uh, unless they have got something planned which would be nice but i don't know i'll have to I'll have to wait and see have you practiced this at all um, no, I haven't actually. Anymore? Uh, probably, I probably should have, just in case they have nothing up their sleeve. He's a pro. I should probably get to work on that. Yeah. He's yeah, a pro. I, no, I do it on the day. You know how it is. <laughs> it was a little... Yeah, you just show up and you... <laughs> no, it's really not like that at all, honestly. If it was like that, then um, I really, really would get nothing done. Yeah, you would. <laughs> yeah, we hear you. Learn yeah. your lines the day of. We're really glad to hear all this conversation about the fans and how, how great you how willing you are to talk to them because we ran a little promotion on Leaky where we said if you leave us your voicemail with your numbers and if you've got a good question for Matt we'll call you and put you on the phone with Matt so are you ready to talk to some fans? Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Cool, rock on. Hello. Hey, how are you? Oh my god, are you serious? Yeah, no, this is this is Melissa <laughs> yeah. and John Sue and Matt Lewis. Wow, this is like the coolest thing ever. Hi. <laughs> Hi, how are you? I'm really great. Wow, I can't feel my body right now. <laughs> 
<laughs> What's your name? Um, my name's Sarah. Hi. Hello. Hi. Well, that's okay, Sarah. I just finally got the feeling in my body back. So. <laughs> yeah. I don't usually have that effect on men, but excellent. And it's taken like 40 minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what is your question for Matt? Um, my question, well, I wanted to know if, because you're like such a famous actory person for the Harry Potter movies, if they asked if you wanted to read book seven ahead of time, would you say yes or no? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> who wouldn't, you know? <laughs> but why not? Yeah, if they came up to me now and said, hey, you want to read the book now? I'd be like, yeah, tear the hand off. But, um, I'd tear their hand but off. But I don't think it's going to happen, unfortunately. Yeah, I've been thinking about that a lot lately, because I had this really weird dream where I got the chance to do it, but then I woke up and I was really mad at myself for doing it, because I didn't get to go to the cool parties. So, I don't know. So I think now, if I got the chance, I would wait. Really? Yeah. Have you been to a party before, Matt, for a book release? Uh, mate, I, I went to... I went to, yeah, I went to, um, but it wasn't a Harry Potter. I went to um, a Darren Shan book release. I don't know if you know Darren Shan. He's pretty, yeah. he's kind of big over here. Mm-hmm. He's, um, he's getting big over I here, too. I re- love his books. I went to one of his uh, book releases, which is cool. But no, I've never been to a Harry Potter book release. I guess that'd be kind of hard for you. You'd have to really go in costume or something. So you, you, you could go as Hagrid dressed up with the Hagrid <laughs> mask, and nobody would know who the hell you were. Yeah. No. But you did yeah. once go to a big event. We took, we t- we took you to... Um, <laughs> sorry, Matt. <laughs> We, t- we took you to the IMAX screening um, in New York. Oh, that's right. Oh, yes. so that was like a party. Yeah, that was cool. I enjoyed that. It was crazy. We couldn't get you out of the place. <laughs> awesome. Well, Thanks, thank you, Sarah. Sarah. Let's try to see if anybody Thanks. else is on. Bye. Bye. See you later. Hello. 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 Katie? Yeah. Hey, this is Melissa. Hi. How are you? You're on with John and Sue and Mr. Matt Lewis. Hey. Nice to meet you. Hi. I didn't think you'd have come. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh yeah. <laughs> so how are you doing today? And what's your what's your question for Matt? Um, well, I was wondering about if he ever gets frustrated about the script being changed. <laughs> the I mean, obviously you can't say yeah, it makes me mad, you know. But does it ever get frustrating? Um, what you mean, like with uh, things being cut out of it in that in that kind of respect? Right, because you're a fan of the books, so you know a lot more than what's in the script, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, th- there are times when I think, uh, oh, great, yeah, they've put that scene in, that's really cool. And then you'll get a script revision, like, a week later, and it's been taken out. And I do, you know, I mean, obviously, as a fan, I, was, I, I really do, so I think, wow, that would have been great in the in, in the film, you know, they should really think about putting that back in. But then you sort of, you have to think of the immense pressures that the writers are under, and... Um, right, yeah, it's kind of a different thing altogether, I guess. Yeah, I mean, they do they do um, cut a lot of stuff out, and they do get quite a roasting for it sometimes, but at the end of the day, you have to think, well, could, could I sort of put a, a massive three-inch book uh, into a <laughs> three-hour film? Right. Probably, Prob- probably not. You know, <laughs> but, um, but I they, would read that. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd watch that movie, Matt. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah, you, you, want, to, you want to see me attempt it? I will adapt Harry Potter 5. Harry Potter 5. It will be word for word, just ripped it off and taken rubbish bits out. And it'll be 18 hours long. Yeah, that's, that's how long it'll be. Do you or any of the cast ever try to like stick other things in there? like Or just like subtle... 
you know, things that you could put in there that you've read in the books? I mean, I try and include some, like, things, but not so much, like, in, in a line or whatever, but I sort of say, right. if David sort of said to me, how do you think it says? Well, although it's not in the film, in the book he did this, so maybe he might sort of have this kind of way to say it or this kind of feeling about it and, and something like that. It just it just helps to have, to have read the books cause, because the things that might influence what you say later on might not necessarily be in the script. So it's good to have kind of almost inside knowledge about about the character. Well, cool. I personally think it's awesome that you've read the books, and as many people that have read the books, I think that's really important for the fans, so I want to thank you. Oh, cool. No problem. Well, I mean, don't thank me for it. I love doing it. I, uh, yeah. I, was, uh, I was a fan before the films, you know, so um, yeah, don't thank me. <laughs> Katie, thank you. Well, thank you. Thanks for calling. I got, I do. Yeah, thanks very much. Cheers. All right. I'll talk to you later. Bye. My Matt, Matt, did you hear about this? Well, probably not. But Matt, there's a there's a band now called Melissa and the Anellis. <laughs> Seriously, her fan club <laughs> started a rock group. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was he was talking about how nice he says it feels to have people fly out to see it and things, and I'm grinning just because you know, to a very 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 smaller extent. That's like we're talking percentage points here. We've we've had people who are fans of listening to Pottercast <laughs> when 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 we hear them being excited to talk to us. But there I, are I, groups. Just, it that... sounds bizarre to us. At least you're actually doing something that yes. is you know worthy of having fans. <laughs> <laughs> but um, well, no. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I think what you guys is is pretty exceptional. I mean, Aww. you work tirelessly all the time to bring. The, the fans what they want and um, yeah and you do it without fail I think it's uh, it's very impressive yeah. but definitely worth the credit very very nice well, it's 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 yeah. guys it's guys like you that come on you know make this show something really special though <laughs> absolutely and anybody could get together I, and you know talk about Harry Potter I'm sure countless people would love to do that but but you guys set it up you know at the end of the day um, I just come one thing a bit and then go again you guys have to go put it on the internet and stuff we badger you in the meantime yeah. <laughs> badger you and your well, people we, yeah we appreciate it more than you can know absolutely say hi, Kat. and so say do hi. the fans so. say hi Ew. Yeah. <laughs> Melissa rescued a cat from her oh, yeah. backyard, a little kitten about four inches long. <laughs> She's really? about a foot now. She, she named, it, named it Dollish. No, I did not. <laughs> hey, sp- speaking of Dollish, oh, you haven't met yeah. Dollish yet, have you, Richard Leaf? Uh, no, not yet. Um, I saw his photograph up on the assistant director's wall the other day. I haven't met him, no. Wow. Hello. Hello. Oh. Hello. Hello. Hello, who's Hello. this? Hello. Hi, Elizabeth. Hello. Hi, you're how on you with Pottercast and Matt Lewis. Hello. Oh, awesome. Seriously, yeah. <laughs> Hi, uh, how are you doing? Yeah, well... I'm doing well, how are you? Cool, yeah, good, thank you. Um, I was wondering, Matt, if after Harry Potter, if you're planning on continuing acting, or if you think this is going to be, this is going to be it. Well, to be honest, I've not thought enough about it, actually. I think what I'm going to do is um, I take my A2s next year, which is the final year of um, of high school. Uh, it's sort of, I mean, I, I finished high school, like, uh, a year ago, but I took the, the optional extra two years, and then um, and it's the final year of that uh, next year. And so I get that out of the way, and then hopefully, if I do if I do well, which I'm kind of hoping to do, uh, I can go to university, and I'd probably take a gap year, um, finish off the Harry Potter stuff, and then go to university after the gap year, and then after uni uh see if i can get back into it again actually hopefully well i mean hopefully i guess so i mean i've not actually thought about it maybe if i go to uni and so i think well actually i want to become a police officer or whatever i don't know i might, I might do that but um <laughs> neville directing traffic in the middle <laughs> that'd be awesome <laughs> <laughs> 
No, 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 Neville so arrested fun. somebody. Neville arrested. Can you imagine? What would be great is if you were like arrested somebody and they were like, hang on, were you in a movie at some point? Yeah, yeah. that would be just the most <laughs> embarrassing thing. You just have no authority whatsoever. <laughs> be like, that's irrelevant. I'm still the authority. Yeah, that'd be I'd like. Probably um, just let them go. I'd be so embarrassed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it'd, carry, it'd carry your wand in your belt too. You're nicked. I mean, great, the greatest comeback. Oh, you're in from Harry Potter. Yeah, you're nicked, mate. <laughs> you're, in Harry you're in Harry Potter. Well, you're going to jail. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank oh, you, that. Elizabeth. Thank Thanks. you. Bye. Um. So, so Matt, how are you doing on time? You got to go yet, or what? Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, like they, they've been calling me for like the past forty-five minutes, trying to get me on the oh, set. It's, um, I told them to hang on a second, yeah, so I could do on. this. But um, oh my gosh, I, know. Yeah, I really got to go. You're like, look, I know Harry Potter's big and everything, but I'm on Pottercast. <laughs> Like, yeah, you see, this, this is this is why it doesn't come out till next year, because yeah. you guys have got me doing this. I have to go out and. Yeah. I mean, some, you're, you're getting podcast salary here. I don't care what they're paying you on that. <laughs> you got your priority. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll see, see you next, next time. time. Uh, <laughs> bye. This podcast is brought to you by the new hit series Veronica Mars, season two, now on DVD. In the wealthy seaside community of Neptune, the rich and powerful make the rules. They own the town and the high school and desperately try to keep all their dirty little secrets hidden. Unfortunately for them, there is Veronica Mars. By day, Veronica is another senior at Neptune High School, but at night she helps with her father's private investigator business, solving the town's toughest mysteries. Discover Veronica Mars, Season 2, now on DVD. And now it's time for Canon Conundrums featuring special guest Steve Vanderark from the Harry Potter Lexicon. Listen in as our panel tries to figure out one specific issue from the Harry Potter canon. Who could possibly figure that out? Hey everybody, time for Canon Conundrums. Woo! It has been way too long. Yes, it has. It's been way too long. When was the last one we did? We did one between Patronus and Vegas. Oh, that's right. So. Oh yeah, yeah. Was was that us? Just us? Without yeah, just the three of us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our dobbies about. And we were having we were having oh, way too right. much fun without <laughs> Melissa here to keep us in line. Oh, so. that's right. Well, we have to do that again tonight because Melissa is not around, but stepping in, of course, is your favorite guru. Yeah. Yay! Hi, favorite Jason. Guru. Hey, hey, everybody. Woo. Pleasure to have you aboard. Thanks. I think this is probably one of my more favorite conundrums because this uh, topic is particularly interesting to me for some reason. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've been thinking about this one a lot. Why don't you tell us what it is, Steve? Well, we're going to talk about Aunt Petunia tonight. And and I agree. Mm-hmm. This is a fascinating subject. I've I've been theorizing about Aunt Petunia for years. And uh, I think what really kicked it off was uh, uh, at Radio City Music Hall, Joe said something about... Uh, the fact that uh, Petunia, there's a little bit more to Aunt Petunia than meets the eye and that we will find out what it is in Book 7. She actually had said that uh, earlier as well. And so uh, many of us have been uh, kind of trying to figure out whether she was a, a sort of a rep- repressed wizard or a witch or whatever. And so that's yeah. kind of what we're wondering about is what's what's the deal with Aunt Petunia? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, Jason, because you're new to this <laughs> segment, why don't we... Do you want to go first or do you want to yeah, go last? Yeah, well... Um... Let's just start throwing some things out there. I, I think uh, Rowling has said a few other things, like she's she's not a squib, right? Right. Because that's one of the, I think that was an area of speculation for a while. Yeah, definitely. And did she also say that she is a muggle or 
Yeah. She's not a repressed witch or something like that. Yeah. That's interesting because there was also another th- thing that Joe had said that there would be somebody showing magical ability later in her right. lives. And some people thought it might have been... Prime suspect that. right there. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if there's any any wiggle room in, in the words that, that she used or... Yeah. Well, she did say at one point she said that Aunt Petunia has never performed magic and will mm-hmm. never be able to do so. But that's not the same as saying she's not a witch or a repressed witch. Uh-huh. She she's just, just saying that she's never performed magic. Right. That's a little yeah. bit different. Maybe she'd never so. be able to do so because she won't allow herself to. Or... That's kind of stretching. Okay. But <laughs> well, I don't know, though. Yeah. Yeah, I love some of these some of these really cool theories about her. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've, I've, I've one theory that perhaps she kind of made a deal with Dumbledore that uh, there, that he would keep the magic out of her family, and in exchange, she took Harry. And yeah. that perhaps uh, she Dumbledore did something to keep... Dudley from doing magic or but we know Dudley's nothing but a dud anyway but you know I mean (laughs) but but the idea being that there could very well be or that was the idea anyway that there was some sort of deal that she made which is why they're so completely utterly muggle or completely non just like the opposite of everything in the magical world that just gave me a crazy thought Steve you had a crazy thought John will wonders never cease (laughs) well the idea of Dumbledore somehow, like, maybe putting, like, some sort of binding his magic, mm-hmm. um, if he had any right. magic, right. that would be totally cool because, A, that would solve it because I always thought Dudley was going to be the one that was going to discover the magic later in life. Yeah, I did too. But um, that now we'll have Dumbledore being dead, and I don't know if that could weaken anything that he may have put on Dudley. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, that's true. And, um, and the big quote Dumbledore makes about the irreparable damage you've done to this boy here. Yeah, yeah. Everybody figures, oh, that's because they fattened him up. But, you know, maybe it's also something to do with the fact that he could have been a wizard and he didn't have ever have the chance to do so. Um, right. Well, I, I think the, the abuse that they heaped on Dudley is is not that they fattened him up; it's that they that they just spoiled well, the snot out of him. Mm. But right. but That's she a, also yeah. Joe also said that Dudley is not is just basically what he is, what he is that he's nothing more. So right. unfortunately, all these really oh, wonderful sad. theories she keeps shooting them down, which is really <laughs> too bad because they're really good theories. Yeah. Well, you know, it's getting toward the. Sometime. It's really it's getting toward the end now. It's not you know. I think she's feeling a little bit more like she's got to. She's got to start, you know, focusing her fans. All focusing, yeah. <laughs> it's true. And maybe she's shooting it down so she doesn't have to include it in the act. Well, you know, that's true. Because <laughs> uh, it seems like she's so often, she's so careful about, like, leaving the freedom for people to, mm-hmm. you know, being so, well, you know, it could be this or it could be that. Mm-hmm. And here she just But, you like, know, nah. it does, I, I've, I've sensed that there's, she's doing less and less of that as the yeah. books go on. And that she's more and more saying, okay, that was great, but now look. We're getting to the end here. It's time to stop. Sure. Maybe it's when she feels like people are really misinterpreting her characters or just kind of taking huge leaps that she doesn't... If if to her, like, Dudley Mm -hmm. is just, you know, this little lump or whatever, then Mm -hmm. this probably seems pretty ridiculous if people speculate on it and she doesn't want them to waste their time. Kind of a big lump, really, but yeah. Well, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think if I was was her and... You know, there's a there's a character that I wasn't particularly focused on, like Dudley, and I want people to focus on something else. My like impatience would get to the get the best of me and just be like, "Yeah, stop talking about mm-hmm. Dudley. Dudley. Right? It's fine. Talk about Snape. She even said it at the darn thing. Talk about Snape. <laughs> Talk about Snape. No one did really, but." Speaking of Snape, my thinking about Petunia is that Petunia and Dumbledore before is that Petunia when they were growing up, when her and Lily were growing up, that and then after. 
Lily married James, that at some point Petunia actually helped the order in some fashion. Mm, and that's part yeah. of her correspondence with, with Dumbledore. Right. That he, uh, I, that's, uh, this is my, I don't know, maybe, and yeah. we'll, maybe that's the thing that we'll find out in book seven. I just Well, we know that, that Dumbledore was talking to Petunia before Harry got there. Right. Right, oh. right. Correspondence. Which is very interesting. Yeah, we're talking about the, um, the Howler back in book five. Yeah. yeah. Right. It says, it says, remember my last, and she said yeah. on, on her site, she said that it's remember my last because she had sent other letters to Petunia before that. Mm-hmm. Right Bef- before, uh, before the one that that she uh, that he included with Harry when they dropped him off on the doorstep. So that means so. that sometime before that day, November one, nineteen eighty one, somewhere before mm-hmm. that, Petunia and Dumbledore were having some sort of conversation. Yeah, and about um, what? That's about the what? Big... Exactly. Yeah. You know, and then another thing too about on the same line is about why they would be cor- corresponding. I mean, how much awareness of the magical world does petunia know i mean she obviously knew enough about the dementors not just from overhearing mm-hmm. but then when harry mm-hmm. was growing up there was i think there was a line somewhere she said and i can't remember what book it was i was going to look it up i'm sorry but she's i remember reading that she said and petunia knew that obviously harry hadn't been doing magic or something to that effect mm-hmm. and it seemed to me that that implied that petunia knew what magic was so yeah. what did she see i mean not just the the frog spawn or whatever right. it like was she wouldn't be fooled by with, harry's fake magic words yeah right. the way uh, right. vernon and dudley would right and that was that was book two at the beginning of book yeah two. yeah so yeah. i don't that's know true. i mean i hadn't thought of that i, I don't know what I, what kind of magic she, she has some been. familiarity that's for sure i mean right. we've seen and who was that, that who was that boy yeah, she heard about the boy. Dementors. Yeah. Who yeah. was that boy? Of course, we all assume it was James, but... No. Yeah, well, I no. did until I <laughs> smarter people. Yeah. It could be Snape. I think the whole story could be screwed up, though. I think the whole story on her part could be a, a lie, lie, maybe. It's interesting, the words that, that uh, Joe used to say, how it was uh, she overheard... Mm-hmm. A.K.A. spied. totally, totally in between this character. To be over right. oh, people, that's to true. Be spying that's on true. people all the time, uh-huh. and that could have been a very convenient excuse for her to be like, "Oh, I just you know overheard this," mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it been totally believable. But to, to cover up for a larger involvement in the magical world that she m- might not be wanting to admit. think about how many years later this is for her to remember yeah. that right. little fact. Why would she remember Dementors if she hadn't? If it was just yeah. a name, just a guard. Why would she yeah. notice them as, or, or be aware of them as being something so scary? You know, that was what, 13 years ago, 14 years ago? A long time ago. Yeah. And that yeah. one little tidbit is enough to, she remembers exactly what they were. What else does she know about Dementors? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I still think, who did she hear it from? <laughs> How did she yeah. react yeah. when when Dudley came back? Did she seem to know the symptoms? Wasn't she kind of acting silly? Be, like she, well, I don't think she, I don't think she knew the sy- symptoms, but she immediately knew that it was bad. You know? <laughs> I remember reading that that chapter for the first time and just thinking, "This is so weird." She's talking mm-hmm. to Harry like she knows. <laughs> it yeah. was yeah. very odd. It was weird for Harry too. It- yeah. But it was just so oddly written. I mean, just such an yeah. odd sensation to read that for the first time and realize that she knew. Yeah. I can remember. I remember exactly when I read the thing where she said they're the, they they guard the wizard prison, Azkaban. And I remember. Yeah. I mean, her hands went to her mouth in the book, and almost like mine did too. Like, oh my goodness, you know. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Definitely. So, but then, but again, 
Joe is so good at setting us up for that and then just leaving us with absolutely nothing. Again, we have no idea what really <laughs> is going on there. Yeah. Well, well, Steve, let me ask you this, and maybe you guys can yeah. weigh in on this. What When she says, when Petunia said, oh, mom and dad were so proud, but they have a witch in the family. So does mm-hmm. that imply that they that they know about witches before that, about magic before that? I mean... Um, I don't think so. I think that they could. found out. Like, yeah, it okay. could or it couldn't, but I don't think so. I don't think... I, don't, I think that reading of it would go against the other... Yeah. Things that, okay. that Joe has said about the wizarding world and the muggle world. So I think that yeah. once they realized what was going on with her, and then they were had explained to them, their reaction was, oh, that's really cool. Yeah, they're like you open-minded know? people yeah. who mm-hmm. realized what it sense. meant. Which is very strange to have such an open-minded family like that, and then to have Petunia. Yeah. yeah. Well, not what necessarily. Not necessarily. Petunia? We don't know if she's older or if she's younger than Lily, for example. So we don't know whether... Yeah. You know, I mean, the kind of jealousy that, that, and I always kind of thought that the jealousy that we see from Petunia is a jealousy because she wishes she could do magic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, she, look I at, not that. just that Lily got all the attention, but not only did she get attention, but look at the cool stuff she can do. Right. You know, and then there's Petunia, who's sort of, you know, yeah, that she's Petunia. Much, there. Yeah. <laughs> this is the one thing I still can't get about the Dursleys is that they've tried so hard to squish this magic out of him, not let him do it. Is it because they just hate magic, period, or they knew so much what would happen that they thought that they could try and protect Terry in some misguided, yeah. bizarre way? I think, mm. I'm thinking that. I don't know. I don't. I doubt that the Dursleys had any. Dursleys being Vernon had any. Um, <laughs> yeah. Had any real, you know, hatred towards magic, but his whole knowledge of it is is what he learned through the filter of Petunia's jealousy right. for the only person oh, right. she knew, really, was her sister, and having these abilities that she never had. And, I mean, this makes Petunia just a very crappy person to, to do yeah. that to Harry just because it's now something that he has that she doesn't have. I mean, to be that age and to continue to be so jealous and... So spiteful, and just to the point where you're harming mm. a child is right. terrible. Always well, that's kind of what Snape is doing all the time, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, he's no oh, sweetheart. He even excellent point. Begin right. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I always wondered if it might not be coming the other direction, that, that Petunia is almost, well, I mean, I'm not going to try to say that she's a nice person or that she, you know, she's only being mean to him because she has to, but that, you know, it's kind of like a front for her husband to kind of convince Vernon that, okay, yes, my family has this association with, with magic, but I I have nothing to do with it. I hate yeah. it. I'll help you stamp mm-hmm. it out. And mm-hmm. it seems, I mean, stamping mm-hmm. out magic, that seems like something that someone who knows nothing about it would try, not someone right. who might have a little very more true. familiarity with it. And she's, she seems to be very submissive. And then mm-hmm. these moments, she'll, she'll exert this authority and you realize, okay, she, Vernon does listen to her like when he knows oh, that yeah. she means business. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I don't think Vernon's a particularly smart man, so a- any kind no. of <laughs> any passive yeah. aggressiveness on Petunia's part to yeah. put whatever yeah. kind of thoughts she wants Vernon to have, I'm sure she could do it without much mm-hmm. without much uh, problem. Uh, the one yeah. thing I don't think we 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 touched yet, which was one of the biggest well, things at the beginning of the book I remember about Petunia, is something about Joe describing her as oddly flushed when they left the house. Oh right. Mm-hmm. I, I I've been thinking about that for a while. I got a 
thought, but what do you guys think first? Oh, I thought it was she was just flushed because she knew full me- well what he meant by um, the damage being inflicted upon Dudley. I think she knew as both a mother and as a woman and just as a human being that she, what she had done to Harry was not right. And I think she was just flushed from that fact that she mm. had been, well, basically called on the carpet sure. or so. caught or something. Mm-hmm. That was just my What was the reaction? thing that they said right before... Yeah, it was about the age. But I'm having right? to come oh. back the one more time, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, right. And also right. her surprise or her weird reaction to him saying that Harry would come of age at 17. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Awful lot of underage drinking in books. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, jump jump back to book one, though, in this whole business of 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 their reaction to magic. You know, I think it's possible that Petunia... And by extension, then, Vernon is terrified of Voldemort. I think yeah. that it's possible that she knows more about that because, well, and, and I think Vernon does, too, because, yeah. well, you know, they're not going to leave him home because they're afraid he's going to blow up the house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Well, why would they think that this kid's going to blow up their house? Mm, yeah. Because in their way of looking at it, he already blew up one. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? So, I mean, so I common. think they're terrified of their probably distorted picture of what happened and that there's this evil horrible someone out there trying to get harry and now they've got harry and he's going to try to get them and so their defense is well if we keep all magic out of him we're going to be safe i mean that's that's kind of the way i read that and that's excellent i agree and again i'm I'm pulling that off of the idea that they seem to think that harry is incredibly dangerous that that he he, you know the idea of blowing up a house of, of ruining the car of I don't know what. Dangerous of because of what he can do or dangerous because of who will try because to do something to him. Yeah, chasing after him. Right? Or yeah. because he's a magical person that is part of this whole uh, magical world. Right. And I guess what I was saying is that they're, 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 yeah, they're reacting against the magic, but it's really they're reacting against Voldemort. Yeah. That they, they, they couch it in terms of, no, we don't want you to have any magic. But what they're really saying is, no, because if you have magic, you're going to draw the wrath of this horrible or awful mm. person who killed my sister who was uh, you know that that kind of a thing yeah. and so i think that that's my sense is that that's kind of part of what's feeding this is that terror yeah. of voldemort exactly oh. by that it helped ties in my theory that that i think that she was helping the order then or she mm-hmm. was doing some court right. you know so it makes a lot of sense well and you know we know that dumbledore will use people who are you know whatever they don't have to mm. all be powerful wizards to be useful to right. him so it's true right that's true wow can you imagine her having to admit that to uh, uh, to vernon <laughs> yeah no oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Okay, it's time for me to come clean. <laughs> Remember that weekend I spent with yeah. my mom? Yeah. Not so much. Yeah. Not so much. Oh my God. I was I was fighting dementors with Dumbledore. <laughs> fighting dementors. Yeah. <laughs> Just see that. Think happy His thoughts would explode. explode. <laughs> what would her thoughts be, man? I don't know. She would she would, she would just Four whip dutters. out a vacuum cleaner and clean that thing right up. Yeah. <laughs> did John? Did you? Uh, did, did we get away from your theory, or were you just well? No, I haven't quite. I haven't quite spat it out yet. I don't know if yeah. I want to wait for final thought or not. But no, I'll, I'll, let's see what you think first, because this is I've been thinking about this. Okay. Um, my whole thought is that, and I'm sure not probably not the first person to think this, but uh, throughout the series, we've seen um, Harry receive an invisibility cloak, and he was received um, a mirror. Mm-hmm. From the series, all all this stuff. The house. <laughs> everybody wonders. Sure, the house. We, 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 everybody is wondering. Well, we wondered. I think last week, 
how did they retrieve some of these things for Harry? When did oh. when did James or whoever right. give these to these people? Mm-hmm. And is there any more? And my my thought, I th- I'm thinking that it's quite possible that Petunia has been holding on to quite a bit of belongings mm-hmm. of uh, of Harry's parents, and um, somehow I I don't know why, but Dumbledore and and his good heart thought these people were better than they were trusted mm. trusted petunia to give them to harry when he's ready and there's quite a bit we know oh. that dumbledore wasn't aware of and how he was treated at that house right. quite a bit of surprises on his part to find out the way they brought him up but um I, i'm thinking that that odd flush faced um and referring to harry not coming back that following year or for one more time is that okay now i guess i really have to give him this stuff i don't really want to but I mean, she's kind of flushed in that she's torn about what she's got to do with this stuff now and i don't know what it could be mm-hmm. and her reluctance and, would be because she doesn't want to help him or because it's, it's useful to her well or? because she spent the whole her whole life or at least before hogwarts for harry trying to keep him normal and keep him out uh, of this yeah. world so this will tell him something or and this this would be something that would help him obviously but to her this would be something that this is her final piece that is her final acceptance of Harry being part of um, the I same see. kind of person her sister this was this kind of symbolic thing plus it has that lovely plot point of having what will could turn out to be very powerful oh, magic which great Harry could not have had until the end. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. A good yeah. excuse not to have given it to yeah, him. Yeah, watch you know? like this huge staff and this cape. Bulletproof. Bulletproof cloak. Yeah, well, just in case. <laughs> Muggle oh, <dear>. wands. <laughs> but yeah, that was my crazy yeah. theory. I, I think that's quite possible. No, you know no. what? It's such a fun theory, though, John, because what I like about it is it has nice little hooks into all sorts of little things, mm-hmm. you know, because it yeah. explains that crazy thing of where in the world did the invisibility cloak come from mm-hmm. out of nowhere, you know. I mean, that's just sort of strange. And then the idea that, that something powerful and magical wouldn't get to him until book seven, yeah. which is, you know, in a, on a purely plot yeah. level is a very handy little If you're writing the trick. things, it's good. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's like, who wouldn't give it to him? And it is. It would be. It would be a lot of fun to watch Petunia deal with it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I okay, just, I've got to give it to you. I just picture this whole scene right. in like the attic, and like be the first scene with only Harry and Petunia, and nobody else. Yeah, they're setting up oh. out of this trunk, and he's going through these belongings, and you see some of his parents' oh. old clothes, and you see, mm-hmm. you know, can you imagine her breaking down? Oh, she's totally gonna cry. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Wow. And, and giving him a hug. I don't okay, know. No, no, no. Okay. That bothers me. No. I'm, I'm no. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, on similar lines, that's, what if that's, it's oh, not some kind of object hmm. of great magic? What if it's some important information that you know that only she knows or only oh, she's yeah, willing too. to tell Harry. Right. Um, right. You know, we know that there's, I think you guys have even done a conundrum on Lily's eyes, but we know there's more to Lily, I think, to to be discovered. And, yeah. and maybe Petunia mm-hmm. would be in a position to know something that mm-hmm. yeah. may not seem important oh, yeah. to Harry at first, or maybe it would. Well, something. and maybe she's going to yeah. sit there and talk about that boy and talk about his greasy hair and his sallow skin. <laughs> yeah, I'd agree with that one. That, that seems to be the prime candidate. Yes, I would, actually. Although I like the, I think Sue, the Sue, is that a, black is that a Are you a Sa- Snape fan, Sue? No, and I'm not a fan, but I think he's he was the awful boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, before we get too ridiculous, let's, yes. let's yeah. try Sorry. to get out some final thoughts here. Mm. Okay. Who wants to start? I think I already did my final thought. Do it, do it officially right. in the quick form. My official final thought 
Petunia has uh, one more important part to play in this series. I think that she was trusted with some sort of possessions or belongings. Something that will be important to Harry that she'll be giving to him before he leaves the Jersey house for the last time. That will be an, that'll be important. I'll go next. Um, I think that Petunia, uh, there's there's more that she was involved with before the story that we have. Um, uh, boy, I like some of the theories that have come out in this canon conundrums. I, <laughs> I, I, I almost have to, I can't even say my theories because it's like I've changed so many of them in the last yeah. half hour. But um, I think that she knows more details about what happened to Lily uh, than be, which we see in the fact that she says that uh, uh, Harry might blow up the house. And I think that she is trying to squelch the magic out of him because she's afraid of Voldemort. I think she knows a lot about Voldemort and she's afraid of him coming after her son and her husband and her precious life. And I think that's Petunia. And I wish that I could say that Petunia is the one who made the wine glass blow up in book three because Ooh. right before that oh. incident... Um, Aunt Marge was trashing on Petunia's family, mm-hmm. and Petunia was, yeah. was getting so... And I love it in the movie. You can just see her getting upset. And I would love it if she had been the one that made that wine glass blow up. Harry assumes it's him. But since yeah. Joe shot that theory down when she said that <laughs> Petunia's never done magic, yeah. I'll just have to go back to what I said. I just did the longest wrap-up final opinion. <laughs> okay, that's me. I think that Petunia was actually helping with the order, and she was in um, a lot of communication with Dumbledore before, and she helped the order, and she still has knowledge of of events from before that will help Harry in his final quest to Mm. defeat Voldemort. So I think that her knowledge and that those conversations before with Dumbledore will help Harry in the long run. I like it. I like the idea that, I guess similar to, to John and maybe what Sue just said, that I like to think that Petunia, the the biggest role she'll play in book seven is that she'll give Harry maybe an object or maybe something, information, maybe grudgingly, who knows, but that will be be crucial at some point to him solving the final riddle and beating the final baddie, whatever it is he's, he has to do. Yeah. Um, but there's one thing that I don't think we really touched on and just throw it out there real quick. Um, I always like the idea, and I definitely don't take credit for this. I've read other people's theories that somehow, while Harry was there, while he was receiving protection from them, that somehow Dumbledore had fixed it, that they were receiving protection as well. And that was part of the reason that he was reminding her that if Harry leaves, you know, you guys are mm-hmm. vulnerable yeah, to I think that's a good, that's a very good theory. Well, sure. That makes yeah. perfect sense because mm-hmm. they were protecting that house with ores even. Mm-hmm. lately during this mm-hmm. war and as soon as harry's gone it's not uh, going to be something they have to protect anymore well there's a great great essay on the lexicon somebody came up with the idea that the street lamps around privet drive are somehow part of the protection because mm. at the very beginning <sighs> dumbledore them shuts out. them all off wow. and then he does something and he's and they come out one at a time but when he sends them back they all go back at once <laughs> and so it's like he somehow has changed them so That's i love that cool theory. that would be cool yeah. well real real real, uh, real quick here Awesome. Petunia, live or die. Yeah. Steve. Oh, my goodness. Out of the blue, huh? Yep. Wow. Petunia, live or die. Oh, I think she'll live. I agree. Yeah, I think she, she'll, she'll live. Well, just for fun, I think the whole Dursley family is going to kick it. It's going <laughs> to be an attack on the house. Nice, It'll John. be a dark mark over the house. <laughs> and they'll be complaining the whole time. Everybody's going to be like, oh, my isn't, God. Isn't that, <laughs> isn't that awfully Star Wars? It'll be the opening chapter. It'll be, op- <laughs> It'll be opening chapter. And Vernon It'll will say, see, I knew we shouldn't have taken him in. And the dark mark yeah. burned over the Dursley house. 
Stay tuned next week for another exciting can of conundrums of a topic yet to be determined. Yes, Check Pottercast.com for this topic. You can send in your fan responses too. We're back for Mailbag 52. It's a mailbag time. It's a mailbag, mailbag. time. Mm-hmm. All right. We're back with Kristen. Hey, everyone. Hey, Kristen, Kristen, you're back. I'm back. You made it all the Kristen. way here. The leaky mail queen. She and everybody who emails leaky. And she does it, it does. so well. Very much. Wanting to know if R.A.B. could possibly be Sirius Black's brother. <laughs> what's, what's the, I'd like what's to the count on that. that. Yes. Hey, I've answered that question. About R.A.B. I have a theory. I can't believe no one asked Joe about R.A.B. at theory. New York. <laughs> I bet I've answered that Is over a hundred times. Black? Oh my god, I have the answer to everything. I think R.A.B. is regular as black. I think so. Oh my god, no one suggested that before. <laughs> No, yeah. seriously. I mean, it's funny because we posted that like right after the book came out. It's been a Alpost newsletter, letter of the week. For and still, I, I bet we get four or five emails a week from people wondering it. Yeah. And I, I don't respond like that. I'm like, yeah, it's a common theory. And I, I link them to a couple things because it it clearly is just now like hitting them as, oh, my gosh, has anyone thought of this? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah a few we, people. We are I just start. finished reading it for the first time. We sure. are going to start yeah. on, on Leaky very soon, um, hopefully soon, uh, Kristen's Corner, where Kristen takes some of the most frequently emailed <laughs> things and answers them because... Guess which is number maybe one? Maybe it will stop. <laughs> maybe it will stop all this. Influence. Only a dollar an answer. <laughs> Only a dollar an answer. Kidding. Kristen, you're going to be very rich very soon. <laughs> I think so. Um, all right, let's go to the first voicemail. Hi, this is Katie, and um. I'm just calling to tell you about a previous podcast where you said someone who thinks about something happy to produce a Patronus, that thought had to be something that already happened. But in the Order of the Phoenix, when Harry was getting tested for his defense against the Dark Arts, Odo he looked at Umbridge and he thought of it being sacked. And that didn't already happen before that. And his Patronus was fine. And so just letting you know that. I don't remember that, but... I how do we know that it has to have happened? Well, because it's a happy memory. That's how she describes it in the book. You have to think of a happy memory. Well, I thought maybe that was just for, like, learning how to do it. That's the easiest way, but, like, a happy thought in general would get it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd agree with that. Maybe once you've mastered the Patronus thing... Right. It's come so easily that you just have to be happy. Right. And really, if you think about it, what is the big difference... And dealing with the brain when thinking about a thought and thinking about a memory. Yeah. I think when you're when you're learning the Patronus, when you think about a memory, you don't have to imagine being that happy. The memory actually invokes you being that happy. Right. Then what so then once you understand the kind of happiness you need to create the spell, then you know, then you can do whatever it is that creates those same feelings in you. But when you're learning it, it's hard to understand what kind of happy you need unless it's already happened. So know? so it's based on emotion is the the, the resulting spell or what is mm-hmm. is emotion based, right? Is that what we're we're thinking then as opposed to actual yeah, I guess actual. Well, well, the thought can, can evoke an emotion though you know? too quite easily. It's also Harry. I mean she may have intentionally put that in there to show once again how Harry's just a bit more with it magic wise. Yeah. Oh that's a bit more point. exceptional. Yeah. It's true. And it's 
gotta be an irresistible author moment too like speaking out of the context of the story like for her to just yeah i, I can so imagine harry standing there staring at umbridge and just smirking and having yeah. his patronus come out one of the best ones ever yeah you know <laughs> awesome yeah has like some oh. nice clothes on and jewelry yeah. well no i can't wait for snarky harry in, in movie five i can't wait <laughs> caps lock harry mm-hmm. caps lock harry yep. we think dan can do it yeah oh yeah, yeah i do Especially after movie four, when he looked at Ron and says, "How could how could anyone figure that out?" You know, yeah. he has a little attitude to him now. Yeah, yeah. He was a friend. <sighs> he was a friend. Well, he was thirteen when he did that. I know. So. All right, next one. I love Dan. Hey, Pottercast. This is Anna from Moore Park. I was wondering. I was going to ask a question about Godric's Hollow. Um, on the night, I assumed that James and Lily knew that Voldemort was coming because. And when the Dementors are near, Harry hears them saying, he's coming, he's coming, you know, get away. But I was wondering if Lily knew that by sacrificing herself, she would leave that deep magic on Harry, or was it a first instinct, motherly response? So I'd love to hear your thoughts, and um, if it was all planned, or um, if it was instinct. All right, I love your show. Joe actually answered this in the interview. Oh. What did Joe say? She didn't know because it had never happened before. It had never happened. And I mean, we sort of went in the interview, into the interview. I wanted to, to find this out because it sort of seems like, God, didn't somebody else ever die for anybody else during this war mm-hmm. and stand in front of it? How could it be? But the way that Joe explained it, I mean, obviously she's thought about this too. It says, so not in this particular way. She was given a very, very clear choice. It's to save her life. And it's not, it's not like she just, she just ran in front of who was, mm-hmm. who was hurting her kid. That would have been different. She was given a very, very, she had, like, it's cemented in her mind that no, I will die before my son dies. And by doing that, that's how the magic happened. But that, but Joe said that she, that she had no idea. Mm-hmm. Well, that's interesting because you have to think that it couldn't possibly be the first time that that situation didn't happen because we know he's killed. Thousands of people. Didn't they say that he, he Voldemort's killed enough people to have a whole army of Inferi? So, if we think about, I guess the only thing that makes the situation different is that with any other person, Voldemort would have just been like, bam, 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 you're dead. And, and could, could have killed the mom without even talking to her. But it just says something about Lily that Voldemort, you know, didn't necessarily want to have to kill her. He did it because, you know, he's like, come on, this is your chance to live. And she said, no, screw that. I'm going to die protecting my kid. Another example of the power of love that she would, I mean, at that point when she had that choice, you know, what would you do inst- instinctively? It's your love that overweighted. I, I just. What I'm saying, I think other mothers have probably done the exact same yes, thing, but just I the agree. other mothers they weren't given have, a chance yes. to live. Right. Mm-hmm. Because it wasn't, but it, I don't think that we can actually call it instinct because yes, it is a mother's instinct to protect your child. And if somebody's go- coming at your child instinctually mm-hmm. without thinking, you're going to run. But if you have time to think about it, it's no longer instinct. You have thought. Yep. So if you, if he, she's given the choice, it's not even a mother's instinct. It's just, a, it's, a, and, it's a choice. It's an act of love then. And in, right. in, in a way. Yeah. Show. Oh. Well, next. Hey, Podcasters. My name is Catherine from Illinois. And I was calling to ask you guys a question. To be able to get into Snape's OWLs, you needed an, an O. And Harry was the only one who got an O. So how was Hermione and Ron able to get into um, Snape's Defense Against the Dark Arts OWLs? 
If you guys could answer, that'd be great. Thanks. Bye. Well, that was his rule for the potions class. The rule was not a published rule. You can't retroactively put rules into place. Well, why not? Because no, no administrator is going to uphold some teacher's retroactive rule. But nobody gave them... Nobody said to them in the end of fifth year, at least that we know, you only need an NE to get into the Defense Against the Dark Arts Newt class. Well, because we... there wasn't a teacher who was going to... who who could tell them what was going to happen the next year. So Snape could come in and say whatever he wanted. Well, then maybe Dumbledore said, no, these two are going to be in there because of Harry. Yeah, overall, or maybe, easy. And or maybe, or yeah. maybe, yeah. or maybe Snape wanted them there for a reason. Yeah. 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 I couldn't possibly ended up coming down to Snape's decision as to whether those two, Harry's best friends, learned how to defend themselves against the dark arts. Especially Why? with Dumbledore still at the school. Why? It would have been his decision whether they got into potions. The newt level potions. Potions anyway, is one it. thing, but this is a defense and during a war time. If Snape really had said, "Screw you guys, you're not in my class," Dumbledore would have been like, "All right, Snape, I agree, and I support your decision." But there were other people who probably didn't get O's who were in the class. The the, the level was dropped. Yeah, because of the war. Yeah. It was never set. Hmm. Not for that class. It's a war, but it's not. It was never said that it was not a class you could drop. Set. So? So, in the other so case, is, they knew ahead of time. It's up to Snape, the, way, the same way it would have been. No, they didn't. Nobody, not, not in everybody. Potions. In potions. Yeah, they knew in potions. If you don't get, before they took the test, they knew. If you don't get no, you're not taking potions anymore. They I'm just saying that, that Snape said it for potions. Saying that Snape said it for potions. There's really nothing to say, and really more evidence to say that he could, or should, by whatever measure they do, say, well, this is my class, and I only accept people with X level. That was either that was dropped either by Dumbledore or, or Snape. So would that I, give? I don't, I don't think that could be held up for that year when he wasn't teaching beforehand. The following year, absolutely. I think Snape could. could do whatever the. I mean, this is Snape we're talking it's about. That's Snape school. Oh, so? but it was at war, and and Dumbledore was still at that point was still trusting him. Yeah, he, Dumbledore gave him leeway with with Dumbledore with everything. Leeway to lock out kids out of defense class. Yeah, but Snape Snape gets to run around and take. He takes points unfairly from people, so... There could be a defense class that's not newt level, but that's like basic training that you must have. Do we have have any knowledge of something like that existing? Do we have any knowledge of Dumbledore being the one to say, you have to let these people into your class? That's common sense. No, we're talking about... The existence of another class is not common sense. No, we're talking about classes that are specifically called newt level classes. That implies that there could be classes that are not newt level classes. If there's a requirement, if everybody has to take defense against the dark arts, you're talking about people who failed being allowed into the newt level class, which I don't even think Dumbledore would allow. All right, because Tim McGonagall at one point say something too when they were going through the brochures that they had to have newts or O's to get into Snape's class too. I mean, so it's been yeah. long established fact. I mean, if, if if defense against the dark arts is going to be required at wartime, which is certainly understandable, mm-hmm. then you have to allow for the people who shouldn't be in the newt level class. Mm-hmm. And so that doesn't mean you have to take it with Snape. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And I don't clearly, know they didn't have game. everybody in in the in the year in that class, and there's only one newt level class. I think everybody be from more all four. They have to repeat the previous year than to have to be a whole existing defense for dummies class sitting around. Well, whatever it is, it shoots down the idea. That just because it's defense against the dark arts, everybody should have 
gotten into it or the, just because it's defense against dark arts, you lower the level. They might have had a conversation in the beginning of the year where Jumbledore said, no, you have to accept E-level people. Or Snape said, if I don't accept E-level people, half of these idiots won't be in my class right. and I want them in my class. Mm-hmm. I think it has something to do with about those two specifically in Harry. That's what my instinct is. I don't know whether it was either Snape or Dumbledore, but there was a reason that those two were allowed in there for sure. Or maybe Joe just forgot she had said that. <laughs> she yeah, I know. She's like, oh, yeah, screw exactly, it. I'm with you. It's like overread. Yeah, it's, it's not even like say. she forgot. It's not like she forgot. It's like it's it's something that she never. It, it's yeah. it's a way out of it. Yeah. You know, because I I kept reading when I read book five, I was like, well, okay, Harry is definitely going to be in potions in book six. How is this going to work? Like, right. I just couldn't imagine him not being in potions in book six. Right. So I knew there was going to be something. And when I read the beginning of book six, I was like, oh right, he's not teaching potions this year. That makes sense. You know. So. So Slughorn could have could Slughorn could have conceivably said, I just want those in because I. Trying to suck up to Harry? I mean, I don't know. Well, Slughorn accepted E's and A's, I think, mm. didn't he? I think so. I don't know. Mm. Interesting. One more? One more. Hi, I have a basic question about Harry or Ron or Hermione. Do they any of them have any other talents besides, like, wizarding talents? As in maybe one of them can swim very well, or one of them could somehow learn or somehow drive a car in like a super way or something just you know perfect aim at like baseball so you could throw rocks or whatever so so what you guys thought bye let's see let's make some things up <laughs> right and, and say it's true and see if we can get this to like spread okay like what oh Oh, like Hermione's teaching Ginny ballet because didn't Ginny yeah, ballet? She is. Yeah, so there you and go. hey, I, I yeah. didn't know if you all knew this, but Ron plays the clarinet really well. Oh yeah, oh, excellent. Oh. <laughs> excellent. I see that? Totally see that. What do you think, John? Oh my, I don't know. This seems like your forte. I thought you'd be spewing <laughs> stuff I know, by now. See, no, see, sometimes you can spit out anything here. You can spit out, you know, you got. Neville likes the hopscotch or something, but yeah. I'm trying to think of some I bet ones. I bet Ron knows how to like knit. I bet yeah. I bet when he was a kid he had to sit there and wind balls of yarn because he was being annoying or something. So that oh, Ginny, that would explain Ginny's that funky yeah that, that would explain yeah. that funky hat then in, in Prisoner of Azkaban with the little funky things with the yeah balls Ron made that it? himself, but yeah. he's too embarrassed to tell anyone. <laughs> <laughs> at least we know Hermione is not good at skiing. That's yes. true. We do know that. Right? Yeah. yeah. She's not a. She's not a ski. Maybe, maybe, mm. maybe Ron is like a secret. Like he likes that Mar- Marvin the Muggles, that his little comic that he does. Maybe he's like a, you know, wants to do a graphic novel or something. Yeah, maybe he draws. Maybe. Martin Miggs the Mad. That's Muggle. it. There you go. <laughs> oh, I know a certain boy who loves him. Yes. Yeah. Well, on that note. Okay. I think that's the end of the goofy end yeah. of this of this week's mailbag. Good mailbag. Good mailbag. Good mailbag. I like that question. <laughs> Me too, because you can make up pretty much anything, yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Harry does oil paints in his spare time. <laughs> sure. Well, Dean. Dean does. Oh, Dean's the Dean artist. Paints. That's yeah. right. Okay, there. We got something. All right. All right, people. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. It's the end. Oh, the end sort of the of. shows. We know it. End of the shows. 
Are these, is this, is this the last time we're going to hear these drums, John? I don't know. We keep jinxing I'm sort of tired of them. Can we get rid of them, please? Well, I think, you know, it's 52 shows. We had a full year of these beautiful drums. I still remember the first time I heard them in Prisoner of Azkaban. I thought to myself back in 2000, whatever, these would be great to put underneath the podcast. I'm sure you did. I did. In 2004. 2004, I was totally thinking of podcasts, because it was definitely way we... before MuggleCast was thinking about podcasts. Yeah, it definitely was. Just check Probably. who is. <laughs> um, but at any rate, yeah, I think we can uh, do some new drums. Maybe by next week, that we'll be ready to go. Yeah, because I'm bored. And then you know what else I'm bored? I mean, I mean, this has been fun and all, John. We haven't spoken on our own since podcast number four. Well, I mean, Lord knows we hardly ever talk outside of the podcast. I know. I mean, you have to drag us here. It's ridiculous. And we have to pretend to like each other. It's really That's hard the hardest work, part. Um, you, think, you think we don't work hard around yeah. here. But I'm, well, I'm sort of bored. I want to well, Sue had to leave. Who's on? Sue had to leave. Well, Sue went off with Matt. They're off, like, in the arcade or something. I don't I know, know what they're doing. I'm having a blast. She's trying to, trying, trying to convert him to Hufflepuff. And she's, he's like, dude, it's Joe's deal. It's not mine. I just come in and do my job. But... She's trying, so we'll see what happens. Trying hard. But anyway, I want somebody else in here. Well, check your massive who's on, buddy who's list. On, who's online? My massive buddy list. Sorry, who's online? Oh, we who's just online? missed Micah. Micah just signed off. Oh, Micah. Kevin Steck's not on. Kevin Steck. Gosh, I know. Doris is not on. No, who the... Nick's not on. Yeah. None of the Lakey people are on. Is Andrew on? Andrew's kind of fun. Oh, Andrew. Don't tell him, but I'm sick of him, too. Oh, nuts. Okay, who else is on? Oh, I know who. Look who I'm gonna get. Oh, is, is he around? He is around. Let's click the button. Maybe he's. So, right, hold on, hold on. Right. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Oh, it's this kid. Ben. Ben Shane, everybody. Ben Shane. Ben, ben Shane. Com. You're on Pottercast right now. Oh, really? <laughs> mm-hmm. I just had an awesome show, Ben. You know really, it, you who, love it. What, what was the show about? What was it about it was, this week? It was all about you. It was about Ben Shane Cast. Sounds very. I know. Very interesting. <laughs> it is. That US. Um. No, seriously, we're at the end of Pottercast 52 here, and we have no Sue. We have no Sue. So we figured we'd get the next best thing. So the next well, best right, you, right, John, he was first first on Absolutely our list. Absolutely the first on our list. People we to thought, contact. Well, that's, <laughs> it's understandable. Yes. I don't blame you. You know, I'm at the top. You know, I'm the bees. The top of the buddy list. You know. Oh, this is you know true. That goes. That's right. right, right I don't have any A's on my buddy list. <laughs> no, Andrew. Andrew. No, Andrew. No, Andrew. He doesn't matter. No. Hey, it's about the time in the show where we tell people to vote for us on Podcast Alley, I think. Do we? I don't think do we need anymore? to. I think we're doing just fine yes. on Podcast Alley. That's one more. Are we? I haven't looked. I know. I, I think we're sitting go. quite comfortably. Uh, podcast. Beneath K and the G. Catches. And above some other awesome show. Okay. Look I, I don't get this. <laughs> I, I really right don't now. get this. What? What is this? I really don't get this. We, we pummel you... For like forever, for a year, and then well, all of a sudden, dude, never knew about podcast. <laughs> we haven't, dude. We haven't even asked for it at all. Well, you wait, you wait. We may still have Mugglecast to record okay, this Okay, here week. we go. Mm, yeah, guys, oh, okay. guys, You're... we have to vote for us because we can't we lose the podcast. <laughs> my God, you guys! Oh my God! Seriously, like <laughs> our parents, our teachers will fail us in school, and <laughs> we'll lose all of our teeth, and. Yeah. Bad. <laughs> we'll be sad and we'll cry ourselves to sleep every night, and that's a direct quote. Yeah, we'll be sad. Anyway, Ben, how does it feel to be 
the soon-to-be recipient of the People's Choice. I know, People's Choice. Podcast Here they come. I am so... Well, I'm going to even go so far as to jinx it. I don't mean to jinx it, but I... Well, you, you do realize I kind of mean to jinx it. Don't jinx oh, it. shut up, John. <laughs> well, you do realize that it's hard enough being Ben Shane as it is. <laughs> it is. It's tough being Ben Shane. But, but when you add this added pressure of the podcast awards, <laughs> oh, jeez, it's just... It's practically uh, unbearable. You know? I don't know how you were sleeping tonight. I don't know how I, I don't sleep at night. I, I, I stay up at night. Will you be coming to California when I lose? When I lose, we gotta we gotta have fun, you know. We gotta tear That's up the town. It's a big state that needs tearing up. No, a town, a town, a city, L.A. City, yes. Well, the awards are really in Ontario, California, but I just really got rather be in L.A. So. I just got the confirmation from my calendar with Google for the from uh, Arnold. He confirmed he'll be attending the after party at the brewery. The brewery. Yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger's going to make an appearance. Oh, well, excellent. Mm-hmm. I forgot he's the governor. I know, isn't that cool? I think he's got like two more years. I should get him on fitting it in. You should. You should, he'd be like... Yeah. I, I don't do a very good Arnold voice. I would do it, but I don't do a very good Arnold voice. Melissa, I'm here to pump you up. Ah, Melissa. That's what he'd say. You got to you feed it in. Melissa. You, guys know you got sucks? to remember to feed it in. What sucks? I, I have to go back to... I have school Monday. I, I have to go oh. back to high school. This is Monday, it's ridiculous. Monday. I'm to go back back to school again. Have you ever seen Grease 2? That's the no. worst movie in the century. <laughs> but it's so bad, it's good. Especially compared to Grease 1. Oh, stop. Grease 1 was awesome. That's what I'm saying. Grease 2 is a bunch of crap compared to Grease 1. <laughs> anyway, California. We're all going to go out to California and we're going to do what? Have fun! Do fun and do a... And, and, and what? We're gonna do and what? a leaky muggle. A leaky mug! I'm so excited. Uh, we haven't had one of those in so long. I'm so I know, it's been, it's been like mug. 20 days now. Can you believe it was only 14, 15 days ago that we were in New York City doing doing that? Mm, that that's ridiculous, because it doesn't it seem like it was five years ago? I don't know, it just yeah. seems ages ago. Yeah. Well, speaking of New York... Uh, you were clicking mug. Isn't that video up pretty on the thing? The video is you gotta up. Gotta go to leakymug.com. Dot com to see the video, which is hosted on Google Video. Yes, please. And we have some other surprises coming to leakymug.com. Like more ads. Yes. <laughs> Just kidding. Like more, more well, ads. No, seriously, guys, we are we are trying to fund California. Let's put it that. Yeah, way. California we're is poor. One more we're poor. Trip we're not expecting to do. We're poor, right? And this trip came out of nowhere. We and did. We, we really gotta go, but oh. money, the money stinks. Yeah. So, so, so we are soon gonna have t-shirts on. Leaky Mug t-shirts is awesome idea. Leaky Mug t-shirts. And, and I think there's gonna be some other merchandise as well, but, but. Nice. Like, uh, just, Leaky Mug underwear. I mean, a mug with a hole in it, because it'd be the most useful thing ever. You yeah. can put your pencils in it. Um, so, also, uh, soon we'll be, you'll be able to RSVP for the <laughs> California leaky mug. Perfect. I just decided. Yeah. I just decided. Okay. So Nick P, you hear that? We'll just take that <laughs> equation that. and divide it, or multiply it by, you know, two thirds, and that'll be the number that shows up. Huh? Well, we got the darn nobody likes onions or whoever the hell else was trying to mess with our poll, and entered in about 500 extra RSVPs that was it was it people. that most likely was it? I mean, I would believe it. Other stupid podcasts screw with us. Anyway. The Los Angeles um, Leaky Mug is going to be a much lower key event totally. than our other Leaky Mugs have been because 
There's no other big gigantic event happening. There's no Harry Potter premiere. Yeah. There's no J.K. Rowling in the house. There's just us. Well, Joe's considering coming. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Didn't didn't um a premiere? Didn't they do a premiere for Prisoner No Chamber of Secrets Chamber. in California? Yeah. yeah, I think they realized it was sort of stupid. Anyway, right, God, this so. is the worst wrap up ever. Yeah. Oh, okay, whatever. Ben Shane <laughs> comes on the wrap up. This will be the most. This wrap up is going to be the most <laughs> listened to wrap to, wrap up of, of all. Yeah, between you, topic. between you and Matt Lewis, we know why people are downloading. We, this we just week. had an well, awesome yeah. Matt Lewis interview that we're not even even talking about. Matt Matt Lewis, who's who's that? <laughs> he's no Warwick Davis. Yeah, he's, somebody who's going to listen to this. So you should really shut up. I love Warwick Matt Lewis. Davis. I'm just kidding. I love <laughs> Matt Lewis and I, I. I don't think he remembers me, but we had a phone conversation a long time ago. Oh yeah. And we're best. We're, we're practically Times Square. We're practically pals. Yeah. Sorry, Matt. I, I did not mean. I had a phone you. conversation recently with Warwick Davis. Really? Did he said, "I heard I was, was in he? Times Square recently." Yeah. <laughs> was he searching YouTube? <laughs> <laughs> he did. Uh, oh, buddy. Yeah, because he searches so much that he intentionally misspells his name. <laughs> Shut up. Don't. I didn't spell it wrong. Oh, yes, you did. How do you spell Warwick Davis. It's a W. A R W I C K, not not W A R R I C K. Yeah. Ben, do a couple of impressions for us. I, I see. Make see here's here's what happens. Funny. All these people, they always accuse me of mocking people, but then they encourage me to mock people. Yeah. You're not mocking. You're in. You're doing impressions of the movie. Yeah. yeah, we're not saying real people. I can't. Your hands all sweaty. <laughs> that's my that's favorite. That's old. See, that's not even the correct <laughs> words we found. That's out. not the correct. And we did our Chamber of Secrets commentary, which you can you can download on on Leaky. We did, um, we we got to that point expecting to all go. I can't. Yeah. Your hands all sweaty, and it didn't it's match up. Completely different. It's like it was like. Give me your hold hand. on. Give me your hand. hand. Uh, your hand sweaty. Or like, well, okay. I I improvised the line, and it sounds better my way. So, cloves. I'll tell cloves with a stick. Yeah, cloves. You and the rest Clovis. of the world. Do a different one. Hmm. I've, I think everyone, even even though it sounded nothing like him, my Dumbledore thing was pretty. You got a rise out of people at the live yeah. podcast. There's our choices, Harry. Far more than our abilities. You sound like Barty Crouch. <laughs> Barty Crouch Junior. <laughs> Here we go. Oh, why? Because I'm bored with you people. Later, guys. Bye. W. Three. Oh, and about time too. We've missed it. I confess myself disappointed. Now, if you don't mind, I'm going to bed. Great, Scott. No wonder. Look at the time. We've been here nearly four hours. Spooky how the time flies when one's having fun. Everybody's like, yeah. oh my god, yeah. Harry's Harry is the new Dark Lord. Harry comes riding up in a land speeder and comes yeah. walking forward and has that shocked look on his face and goes off to Moss Eisley with was, the old guy after he, all. He was trying to go by the power converters. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay, sorry, we got crazy anyway. 